0: Welcome to the Strong Men, Strong Marriages podcast. Here we are on a mission to get strong, get attractive, and get the marriage of our dreams. I'm your host, Mike Frazier. Let's do this. All right, men. So welcome to today's episode. I'm super excited to have Dr. Jennifer Finlayson Fife with me, uh, someone I really look up to. Uh, she's really shaped a lot of the way that I think about marriage, think about intimacy, and... Uh, yeah, just really happy to have her on. So, um, Dr. Jennifer finlayson five. she is an LDS, uh, sexuality and relationship coach and educator is what you have on your website right now, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you do, uh-huh. do all of that. Uh, she's a PhD, mm-hmm. uh, did her, her PhD studies about, uh, women's sexuality specifically in the, um, in the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, the LDS culture that we're both members of that church. Um, so, yeah, anything else that our audience should know about you?
1: Um, I mean, I am a licensed therapist in Illinois. I do a lot of online work. So I work, you know, uh, so I do a lot of coaching online and then do online courses and things like that for people. So they're able to access my materials from wherever. So, yeah.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, so yeah, I've, I've bought several of those. I uh, love them. Definitely recommend them. Um I guess one question I actually had for you. So, the, the women's sexuality one, would that be a good one for a husband to buy just to kind of understand what's it going on? It can be, wife, actually.
1: I mean, it yes, because there's a lot about teaching women about women's sexuality because we tend to be a really male focused um, society around sexuality. We tend to think of men's sexuality as the defining reality and women are often sort of defined in reference to men's sexuality. So it's definitely valuable in that sense. Um, But the art of desire course is really kind of designed to help women in their relationship to themselves as a whole, to kind of have a stronger sense of self and deeper integration with their body and their sexuality. So it's it's, I mean, it could be valuable to a man for understanding a woman's sexuality, but it's really about women coming to kind of more, be more deeply integrated with their own selves and their strength. Um, I am doing, developing a men's sexuality course that I'll be, um, I'll be teaching. I've done it once. I'll be teaching it again in the fall to a small group. And then in the winter of 2021, I'll kind of release it to a lot more people, but I will be taking up a lot of the you know, understanding women's sexuality and educating men more about it in that course to be, you know, more educated and better lovers and things like that. So
0: Great. yeah. Great. Well it sounds yeah. it sounds awesome. We'll be we'll be watching for it. So maybe we can get a little little sneak peek into it here with, teasers, the, yeah. with the with the, <laughs> yeah. with the first uh-huh. question. So the first question I wanted to ask you is just uh, kind of going off of this, like how would you Describe that the female sexual response. So let's say, you know, I'm uh, I see my wife, she's she's in bed, let's say, and like, how does she go from not even thinking about sex to actually enjoying uh, having sex with me as her husband?
1: Mm-hmm. So, of course, I can't speak for all women because, of course, there is quite a range, but sure. generally speaking, I would say that more women than men have the experience of responsive desire as opposed to. as opposed to spontaneous desire. The reality is that for men and women, it's always responsive. And that is to say that you experience or see something in your environment uh, or have a memory or something like that. And so it's a stimulus or a trigger, and then your body responds. The reason why probably more men than women think of their desire as being more spontaneous is because men can get aroused more quickly. So they can go from just seeing something attractive, seeing someone attractive, and immediately feeling a physical response where women um, are actually more sensitive to those cues based on research that shows that women's bodies are actually responding more to the cues in their their environments than men are. But women um, are slower to move into a psychological state of desire because women are generally pickier than men are. And if you think about it from an evolutionary perspective, that makes sense. You know, if if the only goal is to reproduce for men, it's not a big cost to reproduce if it's if that baby's growing inside another person's body. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> for a woman to reproduce, you know, you're gonna be much pickier about so your body may women are kind of emotive, naturally erotic creatures, but you are Going to be much pickier about where you really open up and, and, and let someone in, so to speak. So, that is to say, so women, it feels much more responsive because they're, it takes more to say, I choose this, I want this. And, you know, the Kinsey research talks about men's arousal pattern is much quicker, women's arousal is slower. It's the same idea. It takes a little bit more coaxing in a sense, even within yourself for many women to move into a state of desire, not just arousal, but desire. So arousal is when your body is moving uh, towards lubrication and sexual capacity, meaning the ability to to have intercourse. But desire is the psychological state. When you say this state of arousal is meaningful for me, that I Mm -hmm. want this. Right. Okay. So, so because women are pickier, they may be slower to move into that psychological position. Yeah. So one of the things I talk about in the women's sexuality courses, there's a lot of things that a woman can do to facilitate her own arousal, you know? And so from that question of if, if your wife is in bed and she's thinking about the children, and school next day and what needs to be packed. And
0: she's
1: not thinking, oh, my husband is so sexy. She's not thinking that necessarily. And so it's a shift and often a very deliberate one to say, I want to move into this state. I I want to go in that direction one of the things that is often hard for women, especially if they've grown up in a culture or an environment in which the idea of sort of conscious arousal or conscious sexuality is forbidden, that the, the kind of permission that one must give oneself is often not been enculturated into their way of thinking. So if sexuality is forbidden, and you think of it as the wrong way to be or something you shouldn't encourage in yourself, you still may get plenty aroused and have plenty of desire when you're dating because all the factors that create desire are high when you're dating. Novelty, uncertainty, the high validation of having this person that you are attracted to be attracted to you, all those things make arousal and desire very easy premaritally. But once you are married, then it's, you know, once you're in a more legal and non-forbidden state, okay? <laughs> or you know you um, are it, everything's kind of normal and the domestic uh, aspects of life kind of kind of bombard you. Then it needs to be much more deliberate that I'm choosing to coax this into myself, like, to move in that direction. So you have to be okay with that or to see that as a positive thing in your life. So it's not, I think a lot of times men feel like they seduce their spouse. And there's certainly something to that, okay, to being a a um, desirable presence. Yeah. But so much of it is about also a decision on the part of the wife about what she chooses and wants. And so there's the issue of her own comfort with her sexuality and her comfort with encouraging and f- and fostering this in herself. There's also the issue of do I want to be sexual with my spouse, and why or why not? Because, because in line with the idea that women can be picky, um, the relationship status and what's going on in the relationship can can be big, can have a big impact on desirability. Sure. And so, and so, you know, physical appearance is a high impact for men. It matters for women, but definitely not as much. And kind of the question of how much does this person care about me? How invested is he in my life? Those are high-meaning factors in desire yeah. for many women.
0: Nice. So if I, if I had to try to summarize it, so there's, there's the kind of physical arousal that it can happen and that can be from from different cues but the actual desire saying like yeah i want to do this i want to experience this i want to experience this with my husband uh there's kind of a, a decision making process that goes in yes. there and um you know as as husbands we can kind of influence that as far and that's what we're going to kind of talk about like yeah. as far as not doing things that are unattractive and trying to do things that are more attractive. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's also going to need to be her decision yeah. to, to go into it. Because so, I think
1: making a choice. Yes. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. I think as guys, like you mentioned, a lot of times we think, well, if our wife isn't into it, that's on me a hundred percent. Like, right. uh, it must be something I'm not doing or. Right. Uh, that I am doing that's, that's having her not get there. I know I I thought that for a long time. Um, Like my audience knows, my wife went through a lot of really hard sexual trauma. Um, So there's that piece on top of it. um, That, uh, yeah, I mean, there's, there's things I could do. But at the end of the day, it is kind of uh, her choice to go there, like you're saying. So I like that a lot. Yes.
1: Yeah. Yes.
0: Um, so, so kind of going into the, those questions then, so, uh, so now we understand like kind of what happens, that it is going to need to be her choice, but what we can, we, we can control is how attractive or unattractive we are, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, so what are some of the things in your experience that you've seen that husbands do that make them less sexually attractive to mm-hmm. their wives? What are things that guys do that really uh, being, turn their wives off?
1: Sure, okay, being needy. Mm. Uh, being pathetic. (laughs) I don't (laughs) know what I (laughs) mean. But, (laughs) uh, you know, whether or not we as women think we should feel this way, women tend to be drawn to strength, Mm. okay? And strength is not dominance necessarily. Strength is not about controlling someone else, although people can play with those ideas and sexuality and enjoy them. But strength is sort of, it's backbone. It's a sense of comfort Enough or confidence enough with oneself. There's a lot of weak people, and I'll I'll speak about men in this sense right now. There's weak men out there who are so weak that they have to bully and dominate, and that's not what I'm talking about. In strong, strong, you don't have to control someone else. You can control yourself. You don't need to get other people to tell you you're okay because you can hold on to a basic sense of your sufficiency without having to feel superior or inferior to other people. You can be honest when you're strong. There's a lot of men that are such nice guys. And I do talk about this in the men's sexuality course. They're so nice, quote unquote, because they're trying to get their spouse to think well of them, to want them to, you know, validate who they are, but it's a niceness that's driven by neediness, not by strength, not by the ability to actually invest in their spouse and, out of their strength, care about their spouse. And so when it's tracked as that meaning, you know, you're being nice, but then you, there's, there's a hidden contract. There is a a sense that I'm supposed to pay you back for your niceness and I'm supposed to pay you back sexually or whatever it is that, that, uh, very quickly becomes undesirable. Yeah. right and so a lot of men hear this idea oh if you load the dishwasher and you do a b and c yeah. <laughs> and they're there scrubbing the floor load the dishwasher <laughs> yeah. and she's just like now you think you're owed and there's no way you're not going to get it and you know it's <laughs> it, it can go badly um, for couples this kind of nice guy implicit contract and so there's so so that doesn't go well i think not not being straight not being straight about your sexuality needing your spouse to validate the legitimacy of your sexuality we talk about women's anxieties about sex a lot but men have a lot of anxieties about sex too they're supposed to act like they don't they're supposed to be the ones and women do this to men as much as men do this to men you're supposed to be confident you're supposed to lead me the female into my sexuality you know we put a lot of pressure on men and so then they've got to pretend like they're mr confidence and so on and that's just not fair but I think what a lot of times men do too is that they try. They want the woman's desire and desire for him to legitimize his sexuality. And so they're giving the woman a job that she can feel. And that undermines her pleasure and her desire because in the name of pleasure and desire, she has a job to do. She's got to handle the ego of the husband. And that is not desirable. That's not, that's not about play. That's about work and and so a lot of times these hidden contracts and hidden obligations are playing a deep role in the sexual interaction but they're they're not visible they're just wreaking havoc on the desirability and the freedom in the interaction
0: yeah yeah. So, so you guys, you, you heard it here, right? So this is, this is two witnesses, right? Mouth of two witnesses. This, so, uh, and really, I if you've heard some of my other podcasts, like, yeah, I really learned a lot of it from, from Jennifer here, Dr. Finlayson 5. Um, this idea, like the way I put it to to guys too, is it's, uh, it's really even treating your wife like a prostitute in a way. Mm. Like you're yeah. like trying to buy sex from her through mm-hmm. uh, maybe to, Uh Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Through services. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or even Mm -hmm. through uh, maybe, uh, Hey, like I bought this house for you or like, you know, who's paying the bills here kind of thing. And that's even, even more directly like treating it that way, like a transaction. And,
1: and, you know, and to, in men's defense, I suppose, if I want to say that, (laughs) I mean, (laughs) there's been a lot of implicit messaging. To men and women around that idea, for sure. That this is the marital sexual debt. Never say no to your husband. You know, if you live your life well and you provide well, uh, basically your wife will be there to kind of gratify you sexually. So, so a lot of the messaging that men and women receive, especially in in traditional cultures and and faiths, is the idea of a kind of implicit contract, not an intimate partnership. And so a lot of people are saying they want an intimate partnership, but are operating within an implicit contract of need. I service you. You should service me. Right. I provide this for you. You should provide that for me. And that's one way to do marriage, but it's not a way, you know, often people have two competing ideals and they can't see that one actually pre- uh, precludes the other.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah yeah so uh so yeah so we we kind of cover here like what are those things that turn our wives off so um being that that nice guy that's doing things but with that expectation of something back what i call being a mosquito that uh basically kind of hammered in like you you owe me this kind of uh more what i call being a dictator basically like trying to put mm-hmm. her down so you feel good about yourself mm-hmm. um uh, so, uh, so yeah those are uh what about anything physically, uh, like just as oh. far as your body goes, that, that is uh, women unattractive? Women care quite a
1: bit about cleanly, cleanliness. Okay. Um, and they can care about it sometimes more than men do in return. So this is just based on research that women like your breath to smell good. They like your body to smell good. So generally speaking, I'm sure there's some women out there who don't care, of course. <laughs> but um, I, I. so I think grooming matters and smells matter. Um, uh, You know, I think like part of loving someone is tolerating the fact of aging and, you know, you you, character becomes a big factor in desire. And luckily for men, women value it more than physical appearance. Uh, Women have to deal more with that physical appearance tends to uh, stay present for men a little bit more than for women. But women do care about it, so I don't mean to say that. But if you have, um, what was I going to say? So while it isn't really, really present, I think this issue of character and how invested you are is is the biggest issue. But yeah, be considerate about breath and smells, <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, that's all a big deal. Fair enough.
0: Well, and get
1: your haircut. I get your haircut. Like, oh, geez, yeah. Shave.
0: she's looking at me right now i haven't cut my hair for a while i i I gotta blame covid though i gotta blame well here you go like my hair is
1: longer than ever right now because of covid so yeah
0: (laughs) uh well good well and but but guys like that's something pretty simple we can do right um you know take a shower before uh you know put your put some cologne on you know groom yourself to to look good um you know something pretty simple so that's good um so we've kind of talked about what not to do. So as far as what to do, what what is more attractive? And uh, so we just talked about the physical side. But then as far as you've kind of touched on this already, but, um, you know, what can guys do that just is kind of generally more attractive that's going to make your wife say, hey, like, yeah, like you like you mentioned, actually choose to engage sexually with, with mm-hmm. us as their husband. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, it has a lot to do, and my courses really kind of deal with this because you don't really know it if you read like a cosmopolitan article on 10 tips for better sex. But yeah, <laughs> because it's not the kind of thing that you write in a quick article. But the thing is, is that it really ma- character really matters a lot in long term sexual relationships. And so the issue of the kind of person you are has a lot to do with your desirability because are you somebody that it's safe to cozy up to? Are you somebody that you want? that your wife is going to want to open her body and heart up to. And if not, why not? I was talking to a couple yesterday, and desire has been a big challenge in the marriage. And I asked her kind of why she stays at arm's length from her husband all the time. He's definitely the higher desire pursuer, and she's arm's length. And she said, it's an issue that I don't trust him enough to open my heart up to him. And so as we kind of explored that a bit, he, he was acknowledging to his credit that he hasn't been trustworthy, that he's had a hard time, uh, not in the way that most people might think by that. I don't mean that he's been unfaithful. I mean that he's had a hard time caring about her, not resenting her. He's resented her tremendously for her not validating him sexually, mm-hmm. for the ways that she has felt, held back from him. But he, And he's had a hard time celebrating her successes. He's had a hard time being free enough within himself to really, really care about her. The reason is because he's so needy for her to tell him he is enough. And the more he's needed it, the less she's been able or willing to give it. Yeah. Now, right now, I'm just going to focus on the guy because she plays a role in this. Sure. But, you know, he was really acknowledging, I haven't been trustworthy. I've been petty. I've made you pay for the ways that you don't love me. Uh, But he also said, I get scared of that idea because it's also so hard for me to stand up and tell her what I really think. He's like a quintessential nice guy. It's hard for me to disagree with her because she'll get really upset and then maybe we'll never have sex, right? And, um, And so he is being clear that he has a hard time being honest and he has a hard time being trustworthy for himself, if that makes sense. So he was starting to put it together that like, I'm, I'm so validation focused. I'm so trying to get her to tell me I'm okay. And when she won't, because I'm being pathetic, then I resent her rather than really being more honest, more trustworthy, stronger in the relationship, more trustworthy for myself, like stand up for things, even though there will be conflict. Mm-hmm. but things that really do matter and that and have some backbone but stand up for her also because he's giving her too much power and then he wants her validation but he resents her because she's more of a self object than she is another person does that make sense a self object that's like a i can't remember whose cohort i think is the who talked about that the post-freudian theorist but a self object is you know where you exist as a measure of me so I don't actually see you as a full person and care about you as another sentient being separate from me. I see you as somebody who either validates me or doesn't validate me.
0: Right. Yeah. Have you have you read uh, leadership and self deception that uh, are familiar yeah, I with think that? I
1: have a long time so, ago. Yeah. So yeah,
0: kinda of that that same idea. Like we can see other people as a person or an object. And like if, yes. The way I look at the object is they're either a vehicle to get you what you want, an obstacle that's in the way of what you want, or mm. just kind of irrelevant, right? Um, mm. And as long yes. as you've got that that frame, you know. That
1: using frame, yes. Right, I mean,
0: that, that person, like, she's not going to choose to have sex with you at that point, <laughs> right? If you're, if you're right. trying to treat her like that, that object or seeing right. her in that way.
1: That's right. And, you know, it it obviously can go where men will have low desire if they feel used. Certainly it can go that way. Uh, I think women tend to be more sensitized to that issue. But I think anytime you think somebody is choosing you to just manage something about themselves, I mean, choosing you, it isn't really choosing you, but they're in pursuit of you to manage something for themselves. uh, It's it's going to infect desire. Yeah. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. 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 Somebody
1: yeah. That, whose work I follow a lot and care is, is David Schnarch. And yeah. one of the things I remember him saying was, you know, your wife will prop up your ego or your penis, but not both.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one. I like that. <laughs> so I think if that's you're, that's it, so true. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So <laughs> if she feels she has that job of managing your ego, mm-hmm. it really will interfere with her freedom and her sense
0: of desire. Yeah. And I think the way, like, uh, like for me, I was in that mindset forever, just like, look, I'm doing so much for you. Like, how come you can't give this back to me? Uh, look at Look at the the flowers I bought you. How come you don't care? You know, it's, uh, mm-hmm. but it was that, like, it was finally seen like, yeah. like, hold on a second. Um, like I'm okay. Just as I am. And, and the weird thing is like the, yeah. the less that you need that appreciation and attention and affection actually the more you get it Uh, that's right yeah it's it's a paradox
1: (laughs) it it is it is because the more you know i see this with clients all the time the more the client i was just speaking of has actually come he's gotten stronger and you see him kind of holding his own more and she's growing more invested likes him more there's less conflict he's more trustworthy so he still has a ways to go in that sense, but he's making meaningful progress. And he literally in front of my eyes is becoming a more desirable person. You can feel Mm. it in his presence. And he looks the same
0: (laughs) as when I started
1: working with him, but you can feel he's more solid. Mm. And, um, you know, and, and that's a real, that's a really important thing.
0: Yeah. 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 The way I, I try to teach it to my guys too, is like the the three steps getting a great marriage is first is getting strong. So getting strong in spirit, meaning like you have a good sense of who you are. You got a mission, you know what you want out of life, um, getting strong mentally. So you're not, you know, so you can control your thoughts emotionally. So you're not mm-hmm. taking it out on your wife. Um, mm-hmm. and then sexually that, that's more what I call get attractive. That's like building those interpersonal skills of communication and sexuality and intimacy and all that. Um, mm-hmm. So um, awesome. Well, let me see. So as far as so, um, so yeah, kind of building up that strength, like we talked about. Um, and I think you mentioned something too that that I I try to uh, to teach now too is being willing to say things, even if your wife doesn't like it, or even if you know yeah. your wife's not going to like it. Actually, <laughs> yeah. Courage like, to be
1: honest. Courage to be right. honest, and I'm not talking about being indulgently honest. I don't right. mean like you're saying things to flatten your spouse but you're saying inconvenient things because it's important to deal with what is. Uh, it's important to kind of be able to get the issues on the table that you can both look at them. Right. And if you really are being honest out of courage, you're willing for your spouse to be honest too. Yeah. Meaning you want to know what's true so you can actually work together to solve it. But you're, I mean, a lot of us want someone else to solve our problems. We want someone else to make us feel okay. We want to be in either the entitled position of you owe me my happiness or the selfless position, I mean, selfless is the right word, the kind of self-abnegating position as like, I don't have a right to stand up for what I think and feel. And those are all weak positions and you can't build an intimate marriage if you take them. So you have to push yourself into taking deeper responsibility for who you are your impact on the marriage, and for what you desire to create in your marriage, whether that's a good sexual relationship, a more meaningful friendship, and you're willing to look at who you are and how you contribute negatively to that as much as address what your spouse does. But it's not to hurt the other person or even to self-abnegate. It's done to create better. And that takes courage because it means you sacrifice Uh, the positive view of yourself that you want (laughs) or the positive view of your spouse that you want even for what is, so you can create something genuinely strong.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think too, there's a, there's a a fear in there. You actually, you have to ask, also risk the current marriage that you have um, because you're kind of like, well, you know, it's kind of okay, but if I, if I bring this up, is it going to get way worse? Um, Absolutely. And uh yeah, and it yeah, often like, does
1: at first. Yeah,
0: <laughs> right. Yeah, right. <laughs> it does. At first,
1: people can be like, oh, my goodness, maybe the truth is going to kill us.
0: Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. I know, like, in our own marriage, some of the, the big ones that have uh, seemed almost impossible were, were this about sexuality, me kind of letting my wife know, like, hey, I know it's hard for you, but it's important for me to, to have this yeah. part of it. So can we figure something out? Uh, and then yes. her having some questions about our um our, our faith like and mm-hmm. me needing to like understand what all that meant um but mm-hmm. like those are the big things that have really built us into an amazing marriage and we wouldn't have gotten there if we wouldn't have done exactly what you're saying trying to mm-hmm. be like having the courage to just bring that up because it's who you are it's important yeah. it's so important to you that you can either like it's either you can lose who you are completely or you can bring this up kind of like getting to that that point in a way yeah Uh, yeah
1: yeah i mean a lot of us talk about how important the truth is and so on but the truth dealing with the truth takes tremendous courage and a lot of us don't believe in the truth that much that is to say we would rather live our lives in a kind of pretense than to really deal with what is true about ourselves and our relationships but so it takes that courage but the people People that have peace are the courageous, meaning dealing with what's true so you can deal with it directly allows you to create better and to choose better. And so those are the people that really enjoy peace. It's when you're always running from what's true that anxiety kind of infects your relationship to yourself, to others. So it's even hard for me sometimes as a coach or a therapist to be able to say to people things that are true that they need to deal with but they don't want to hear yep. and there's a part of me that often wants to pretend with them that I don't see what I see but it's like the only way that I've seen people really get stronger is when they confront what is yeah
0: yeah um, yeah and that that's definitely um, definitely true so um let's see, I wanted to ask this question. So what are, so a little bit more kind of tactical maybe here, but, um, so going back to that example, right? So your wife's in bed or sitting on the couch or something, you're kind of feeling, you're feeling in the mood, you're feeling like Mm -hmm. you want to have sex. What are ways we can approach that, that is more attractive than just coming up to our wife and saying, Hey, like, are you in the mood or, Hey, do you want to have sex? I I feel Mm -hmm. like we do that a lot
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: sure, sure. as guys like and I, I think it's not super a, effective. Yeah. His
1: pickup line is want to do it. I'm like, wait, really? <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't get turned on. That's so weird. Okay. <laughs>
0: <yeah>. <laughs>
1: so, well, so I, I want to, I want to really try and be tactical, meaning so make sure I come back to it yeah. in a kind of practical way, way. But one of the things that is problematic is, even if you were to go and say exactly what I'm going to say right now, if you don't have a mind that matches that, it won't work. Yes, that's so. That's the thing. It's like it's one thing if no, you don't know the person and you're at a bar and you say the great pickup line, okay, because she doesn't really know you. Right. Well, then, <laughs> then it might you might pull it off. But when your partner knows you and maps you all the time and knows every move you make you can't really shortcut development. You can't short circuit the process of actually getting more solid. Like the client I was talking about, his wife's actually feeling more open with him because she sees him getting more solid, but you can't pretend that it's not about the lines. One says it's about something getting more solid within oneself. So, The reason why I'm saying this is because want to do it is more, I mean, I know that wasn't your line, but (laughs) it's it's kind of communicating the way you see sex. It's a Mm. superficial, transactional, it's like going to the amusement park, we're going to, you know, trade orgasms perhaps, but that's the level at which this is, okay? Also, I'm saying it in kind of a cheap way that's easy for you wife to dismiss. And it shows I lack courage in a way. So, you know, a lot gets communicated about our mind through simple utterances or non-utterances. right? And that's what the level at which sex is getting negotiated is mind-to-mind, right? David Schnarch talks about this idea quite a bit. So, you know, I, I think if sometimes I'll role play or I'll say something in a session and the wife will be like, yeah, that. I want you to say that like to her husband, Mm -hmm. but the thing is, it's, it's a different mind. It's a mind that's really invested in the woman. Yeah. Right. And so if it's like, it's unapologetic, I think one of the questions, Mike, that you wrote was something like, how can you, um, initiate without, you know, some people don't initiate because they want to respect their wife. Right. Right. Um, and I think that you have to think about what is on, un- what is not respect worthy about the sex that I'm offering, right? Because, and I really mean it as a real question. Is there something about the way that I'm sexual that I have to apologize for? Mm. Or is yeah. what I'm offering something that I don't need to apologize for? Now that doesn't mean you need to force it on her, of course, right. you know, that doesn't mean that she doesn't have a right to say and still say no, but the apology shouldn't be coming out of her response. The confidence doesn't come out of her response. The confidence comes out of confidence in what it is you're actually offering. Yeah. And if what you're offering is I like you, you matter to me. I want to be close to you. I'm attracted to you. You're a desirable woman. It's good judgment that I want to be close to you. I don't apologize for it. It's good judgment that I want to have sex with you. Uh, like, I like the pleasure of sex, but this is about making love to you. Yeah. Okay. That, then what do you have to apologize for? She can still say no, but don't apologize. Don't ask her to make it legitimate. You mm-hmm. just make sure what you're in fact offering is legitimate.
0: Got it. Got it. Su- it That's it, super, yeah. mm-hmm. super helpful. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, cause uh, so I was listening to one of your podcasts a while ago and you, you said something like, um, <laughs> like uh, women know the difference between wanting to have sex and wanting to have sex with them um, yeah and uh, yeah. like so at the time just to show you where my own development was I was like well what's the difference like I, I really <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. I really didn't understand uh-huh. the difference uh, yeah. uh-huh. so so kind of like like you were yeah, saying yeah. Um, well maybe you can just kind r- sure, of refresh some of those phrases sure, that, like well
1: Yeah. Well, like, is, is it that, and I think a lot of women have learned to distrust men's sexuality Hmm. now that's partly because of at least some men, obviously, but it's also in part the way that women often get taught about men's sexuality is it's not, it's non-discriminating men just are sort of these sexual machines. Okay. Well, okay. If I'm, but then I, the wife am your only legitimate outlet. So it's not about me. It's about, you can't, have sex legitimately except with me, but it's to use me to deal with your sexuality. So that's not desirable or tempting sex. Okay. If it's that, look, I really know you, you know, it's not that I, how to say it. I think Esther Perel said something like the, the quickest way to a woman's vagina is through her mind. (laughs) Okay. So, (laughs) so, so that is to say like wanting to know her mind, wanting to know her heart noticing her, noticing the curve of her back, noticing her new haircut, right? This is all somewhat cliche, but it's true. It's like, do you see me? Do yeah. you care about my life? The things I'm invested in the things I'm doing in the day to day? Are you just saying, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you just want to get to sex? Or do you really care about me? Do you hold yeah. me in your heart. That's more developmental. Do you have the ability as an as a man I'm speaking to men okay right now because this is the same question for women but do you have the ability to really invest in another person not because you want them to validate you sexually and otherwise but because you really do care about their well-being and that's the level that really good sex happens and then you have nothing to apologize for so if it's like look I really do know you I really care about you I think about you you know um it's just a simple thing, but like there will be times where I'm out doing workshops or I'm away from my husband and he knows when the workshop ends and he will send, like, he's just, I'm not asking him to actually, I'm not even really thinking that much about it. He just is aware of what I'm doing and he's thinking about me through the day. And then when the workshop ends and he knows I'm probably driving back home or whatever, he'll call and say, how was it? And how'd it go? And my point in saying that is, it's just like a, consistent exposure of his mind that he carries me in his heart okay that's a big deal for me that's very much linked to the speed at which arousal happens Mm. (laughs) when I'm in fact with him because there's this sort of recognition that this person really is invested in me as a whole person
0: right Right. Yeah. And um, yeah, great point. One thing that came to to mind when you were, when you were talking was, and and this was kind of one of the the last questions and I know we got to wrap up in a minute, but um, you were saying like, I want to, to do this for, for you. Like I want to be close to you. I want to connect with you. Like I'm attracted to you. I think some, some guys, even I struggle with this sometimes still is like, well, if I have sex with her though, that's sort of like taking Something from her, or that's kind of like, uh, uh, yeah, I guess that's probably the best way to put it. Like, it's, it's- yeah,
1: that's really interesting. I mean, I think a lot of people have, have put their sexual relationship together in that way. She doesn't really want me here, she's saying, Yes, I'm gonna get pleasure on her body and be done. So, how is that not on some level disrespectful? Mm-hmm. Because if she's not really into it and she's just accommodating me so there's a difference between you know a wife once in a while saying i'm not really into it but i really am completely fine with you being here if you want to be here okay that that's that's once in a while is probably fine sure but if you feel that you're being accommodated but your partner is not involved and invested in that sexual relationship with you you are taking something that's not really being offered. And so you are, in fact, participating in a kind of use. Now, she's saying, go ahead, use me. But that's not doesn't mean there's no price attached to it. And the price isn't just in her feelings about you. The price is also in your feelings about yourself. Because you're, well, it's kind of, I just sound mean right now, but it's being pathetic. It's basically taking something that's not, you're not, you're having sex without being wanted. Now, a lot of men might say, well, that means I'll never have sex. Okay, <laughs> But that still might be better if you care about your self-respect and your dignity. And I don't mean you should just now resentfully say you're never going to have sex again. But to say, I-, I've been part- I want to be wanted, but I'm certainly participating in a system in which it makes it very hard to want me. And I'm making it clear that I will basically take crumbs instead of really operating like a person that wants something reciprocal. Yeah. And I don't mean you're demanding her validation, but you're saying like, I really want to be sexual with you. I really want a good relationship with you in every sense, sexually, emotionally, and, I, and all those ways you matter to me, but I'm not willing to have sex when you're not choosing it also. Yeah, Because yeah. it's bad for both of us. It's bad for you. It's bad for me. Right. So, uh, so once you've dealt with that, well, then it's not in the frame of you're taking something, because that that's the kind of cultural misunderstanding. Is that, I mean, sex when it's its best is you know women are being sustained, nurtured, loved through their sexuality, right? It's not about taking at all. It's a it's a kind of mutual. Sharing a kind yeah. of profound communication through the body—that's both pleasurable, loving. It's a kind of giving and receiving that is not transactional. It's about a deep kind of being with. So it's not yeah. about you're servicing anybody.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. So you have and to
1: really confront that servicing frame if it's there.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I think uh, so. Just in, in my own marriage, like because there's been that that abuse right And really really mm-hmm. bad abuse I, I sometimes get into that mindset but i really like what you said i think it's when i approach it more that it's knowing you i mean like that's how the bible says it yeah. like knowing you right so like even if we we start going and stuff comes up like i, I just want to know that like i want to you know be with you in that way even if that's going on right um mm-hmm. yeah that's a good uh good kind of breakthrough for mm-hmm. me so thank you <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: yeah yeah and being able to tolerate the disappointments or tolerate yeah. the exposure tolerate that things may not you know that your body may disappoint you or that you might have a traumatic flashback or something but that the sense of partnership is primary right. and that we're friends and right. that we're not going to take advantage of each other right. including a low desire person not taking advantage through never dealing with his or her sexuality right so we're not going to take advantage of each other because we'll both kind of work together to create something stronger as a couple. That's, that's, that's when, you know, a couple is really able to go lots of places is when they sort of are start operating like that, that they're each willing to deal with themselves to create a home for two sexually and otherwise.
0: Right. Right. Awesome. Well, Jennifer, thank you so much for, for your time. Really appreciate it. Uh, guys, this is a, a master at work here. Uh, so go mm-hmm. check out her, her courses. Um, like, like I said, I bought them. I love them. Um, and, uh, yeah, hopefully we can do this again sometime. We'd love to, yeah. uh, to connect sure. again this way. And, uh, well, great. Yeah. Thanks so much, Jennifer, for your time. You're welcome. And, uh, mm-hmm. all right. Stay strong, man. We'll see you guys next episode.
1: Thank you.
0: I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you did,